Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast. Coming up on this episode, it's time for our annual Keep Sell Loan series and we're starting off with goalkeepers and defenders. There's a lot of them. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod and I'm joined in a virtual room filled with all the lions. I've got Ollie, I've got Bertha and I've got Chris. Uh, the weekend is knocking on the door. It's time, it's time to let it in. Uh, what are you guys most looking forward to this weekend? Oh, we ask um, it every damn Friday. You should yeah, be surprised. Every, every you know Friday, what, we it, don't know. It always takes you by surprise as well. But as if <laughs> I'm the not, weekend, I don't know what's whoa. coming. Um, I've got cricket tomorrow, which is really the most boring thing in the world. But I, I play cricket on a Saturday. That's always good Good fun. Probably get yeah, some But time. we don't Probably hold it burned. against him because we love Burr. The Ashes start as well, I believe. Uh, and another fact for you, a great fact for you. So the lad, a lad that I play for the same club has been called up to the England Ashes squad. There's a nice right. fact for you. <laughs> Bert is next. Very Look proud of Burst. Look him up. Yeah, very yeah. <laughs> What about you, He's Chris? not a friend. Oh, go not on. a friend. Say, not a friend. Future. Just joined our club. Just joined our club this year. We're proud I've of Burst's enemy. Future I've got friend his of the show. Got his WhatsApp number, so basically best mates at this point. So I can't beat that. I've got Ryan Babel's number. Wow, I, uh, yeah, I do. That is not how you say that. <laughs> oh, you know what? No, it isn't. <laughs> Ryan <laughs> Babel. Ryan Babel. Yeah, I think it is Babel. Yeah. All right. Ryan okay. Babel sounds Ryan so Babel. much cooler. But yeah, if he yeah, was French, yeah. I think he would be Ryan Babel. We've we've gone off topic here, but why have we you got have. Ryan Babel's number? Right. Long long story short, he did a an in it was like a Twitter and Instagram where he accidentally put his number. Well, he he accidentally did it, and then he said, "Screw it, message me if you want." And I thought it was fake, and I tried, and it did work. So hey, that's something. It was ages wow. ago. Surprised he hasn't changed his fucking number to be fair. What about you? Still just text show. him everything. Not everything. Babel, how are you, Mister? <laughs> yeah. I'm clearly not that uh, close to him if I'm mispronouncing his name that poorly. Uh, Add that, him into the group. Add him into our WhatsApp group, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to quickly shift to say, Chris, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> uh, don't think I've got anything planned this weekend, oh. uh, but. I'm I'm kind of hoping I, I know we are due a thunderstorm, and I'm kind of hoping that that's like a real one because I do like a proper storm. Yeah, like a good one where like it's all kind of like cozy and stuff inside your house. Yes, but that's it. it's going absolutely mental outside. Yeah, I love cool. that stuff. What about you, Ali? What have you got? You know what? I I'm kind of say I hope the opposite. Chris, I hope it's sunny so I can spend mm-hmm. some nice time over the weekend in the nice weather because it's supposed to be really hot even dangerously hot apparently in the uk uh mm. well if if sunday it's the last day of the weekend of course but at 10 p.m british standard time you have the under 20 world cup final you got uruguay versus cesare Casadez italy uh but this weekend i'm i'm planning to head to the cinema see transformers rise of the beasts review scores are solid but i'll be the judge of that one uh to be fair though since michael bay left that franchise the runtimes have actually been sensible you know, Bumblebee was just under two hours. Rise of the Beast is getting two hours. 
And if anyone, listeners or you three, have watched any of the Transformers, you know the Bay movies were a minimum of two and a half hours long, up to three hours. And look, I have no issue with a movie being that long, if it's good. But if 20 minutes of the runtime is just stuff that's irrelevant to the plot. And I'm Shia LaBeouf yeah. running away. I, I'm looking at you, Star Wars The Last Jedi, when they had that whole casino scene. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I liked I liked the old Transformers films. I like oh, them. They're, you not know what? I'm they're not bad. It's just very my long. Is, my hot take is actually Michael Bay's movies weren't bad. Like you know, they weren't exactly like amazing, but it was kind of like good um, fodder to watch. It, but it was no, they were never going to win any Oscars, but it wasn't designed for that. They it made a lot to, of money. It was designed so people can go. Oh, look at these really cool explosions. <laughs> the thing is, though, Michael Bay films are very, very, very similar to one another. Bef- before we hit the news, I do have a biscuit bet. And there's a reason. Because tomorrow's the Champions League final. And I have a feeling that all three of you will take me up on this because you're going to go, not happening. So it's easy biscuits for you, boys. So my bet was Inter Milan win the Champions League tomorrow night and they'll be under two and a half goals. I, right... I think I'm not going to disagree with you. I do think oh. Man will probably win, but I think it's. Well, you disagree with me then? No, so I you disagree with me? I'm, I'm really. I think it'll be Man City four <laughs> 0 but it's either going to be Man City four 0 or Inter Milan one 0 I'm undecided, really on the fence about it. But it's either one 0 Inter Milan or four 0 City. <laughs> Anyone take me up on that? Anyone? Mm, no? Do you know what? I'm. I'm actually not willing to take you up on it. <laughs> I, can't I think believe- I would. I think oh, I would. You think City are oh, going to walk it? Yeah, I've got a feeling it's <laughs> going to be like one of those finals that's over at halftime. They Hall could double hat, and yet they <laughs> couldn't do it against Chelsea, could they? They couldn't. <laughs> I think it, genuinely, I think it depends who scores first. If yeah, City agree, score first, I agree with that. Yeah, game's yeah. over almost immediately. If Inter score first, we got a game on. You know? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Right, let's hit that news. So it's that time of the week. We're going to check out some news that you may have missed because there's been a fair bit this week uh, in the elevator of Chelsea news. N'Golo Kante is leaving Chelsea to join Al Ittihad in Saudi Arabia, but this move has now stalled due to medical issues. Former Blue Emerson Palmeira became the first player to win all five current UEFA trophies. Serial winner. This is... I can't. I can't. Inter are willing to sell Andre Anana to Chelsea in exchange for Koulibaly and a Lukaku extension on his loan deal. Chelsea are determined to keep Levi Corwell, but despite bids. Chelsea have informed Brighton they will match any bid from Arsenal for Casado to stop a bidding war. Kovacic has agreed personal terms with City. Ian Matson believes he's capable of competing at Chelsea for a place in the team, there, but there are too many players ahead of him. His choice would be, though, to extend his contract and go out on loan again. And finally in the news, uh, Felipe Melo, remember him? He's been warned by the police in Argentina for imitating a chicken. <laughs> Right. I, right. Apparently, right. it's it, it, a I, heinous crime. I think it's it was like inciting violence or something with the um. I don't know who they were playing, but it was like some kind of like it was basically it really upset the people in the stadium. And he uh, got, didn't like, happen he got, in like the local Tesco. No, he definitely didn't do it in Tesco. Uh, so, so what from this week's news has grabbed your attention? Um, it's all just the transfer rumor nonsense, yeah. isn't it? It's it's all the the just the journalists peddling news that they don't even care if it's true. It's just it, to get them interactions on Twitter. And I, I don't know. Can we talk about Kante? Yeah, I think. Uh, well, you know, fa- I think that's probably medical. a good. 
Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. Oh, I mean, you say that when I saw that that happened this morning, I sort of understand so much more why our we don't know if we know a contract was offered. We don't know how much we don't. We know it was for about two years. It was less than Alicia had offered. Let's put it that way. Well, yeah, it was not that much money. was it? I mean, the thing is, I he's a world class player. He's one of our greatest ever players that that that's that's without a shadow of a doubt. However, he can't stay fit and he hasn't completed over 35 games since the 2019-20 season, I think it was. Maybe it was 18-19 season. But you can't be paying a big chunk of your wage budget on a player that can only play half the games. You you really can't. It's I kind of understand why we're not standing in the way. I mean, you can't really match that salary. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, on that actually, with this week, obviously, we saw the Saudi Arabia plan and it's 20 billion euros to bring in the biggest names to their league in the next two years. So you've got Ronaldo's there. Benzema's joined. You obviously are looking at Kante. You know, if it does go through and he passes his medical, incredible. Congratulations. He secures the bag. I mean, 1.5 million weekly salary. I mean, we sort of saw similar happen with the Chinese Super League a few years back, but obviously the salaries on offer were not even close to what we're seeing at the moment. I mean, these wages are just higher than an eagle's bum. Uh, Apart from obviously being quite hyped team to take control of a team on Football Manager 2024 in the Saudi League, how do you sort of feel all about this money that's been thrown around? It's just the next evolution of football, I think. Uh, you know, you've got all the time there's new markets breaking into football. You know, at first you had the MLS where people went for money. Then there was China where people went for money. People went to the Russian League for a time for money, you know. And that and now the the Saudi League is is expanding in terms of, you know, they're a very wealthy country and they want to be able to expand their influence in the footballing world. So they're, they're you know, they're, they're spending even more than anyone ever has. And... Unfortunately, football has always been a money game. And I don't think, as sort of fans of a, a team who is very sort of, who, who for a long time was very, very money driven in a league that's very money driven, I don't really feel like we have the right to say anything because we've been doing this <laughs> to, to other yeah. teams, like in other leagues for years. So. But you know, we will. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I think it's the right thing for Kante. It's just a shame that like he never got a real send off. No, that happened. That, yeah, that is true. I mean, what do you think, Berth? Um, I mean, Kante's an absolute legend. And I, I'll, I'll always say this, that I actually think he's eclipsed SEN's and Makaleli's status at Chelsea. I, I'd, I'd probably put him above them too, which is quite controversial for some, but I, I just think he's better than those two. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the, as the money in Saudi Arabia goes, Ali is right. It's just sort of like, it's the way that football is at the moment. It's the way... It sort of works in cycles. You know, a couple of years ago, it was China. Now it's Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. In three, four, five years' time, it would probably be someone else. Um, so it's just the way that football is. Very, very money-driven. Um, and it's not... It's, it's a weird one, really, because you don't want to see this amount of money in football, but also it is it's, it is interesting to see um, because, I mean, you've got Ronaldo in that league now. You've got Benzema in that league. Kante will probably go there. You're going to have more players going there. It, it is really interesting to see. How, how I want to know who. I want to know who gets like the Graziano Pella role. Who gets paid like a stupid amount of money for what? Like what kind of player they are to go there? Remember when think, he went to China? Uh, the thing oh, is yeah. that like you had like someone like an Oscar who was at like at the peak of yeah, his him too. when 
when he was he's in still Chelsea. there exactly he's I mean, still there like, yeah you could argue. I mean, look, at the end of the day, football is a job. It's a business. And I'm sure all of us who are in jobs, um, our main aim in a job is to make as much money as possible. So you can't really blame anyone for going to Saudi Arabia for this extortionate amount of money, really. You, ju- you just can't blame people. I would like um, to point out, though, that you could buy a Ferrari every day. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you look at with, with, the, well. with the money he's earning. It's something. It's equivalent of like around two hundred and thirty-five grand a day. And and, oh, and this is a thing that like obviously Oscar was his prime when he was at Chelsea, really, and people slagged him off. But he's now set for life after that move to China. And you, you can't. Yeah. You just can't. You cannot. I don't. That's think the thing blame. with Kante. It's like what they're offering him is like effectively like generational wealth. You can't and, turn that down. And, and this is the thing. You just can't blame someone who. But Mikey said he's injury prone. He's not at the peak of his powers now. You can't blame he's, someone for. He's got to, for he's going got to pass there. that medical first. I mean, it, that, I mean, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. That is true. I mean, Chris, what, what, what? How are you feeling? How are you feeling on this? Come on. Uh, I think the the Saudi, the money in Saudi, there's they're making the same mistake that all those other ones that you just said did. They are signing big names, but they're big names who have only got like two years left of playing. So, I mean, it does attract fans, but... That's the point, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. But does it really? Because, yes, they'll get more Instagram followers or they'll get more Twitter followers or TikTok followers, but I like Ronaldo. I still haven't watched a Saudi Arabian League game. I think it's it's more Because I don't care. Yeah, but people in Saudi will care. Yeah, Yeah, people over there will. Well... Yeah, maybe. And, that, and you like, let, like let, let's be honest. You know, like when people move to the MLS or move to China or move to Saudi, it's not for us. Like, no. You know, but the so... thing is, like, if you was if you lived in Saudi Arabia, if you didn't like football already, you're not going to like it just because Ronaldo's gone there. But China had the same problem. On. China had the same problem, though. They thought they was going to be the next sort of football powerhouse yeah, and that, the Chinese Super League but, would be the best in the world and but what, what, what because will, you're signing has-beens. What, what I will say is that I think Saudi is slightly different because you're right to make that that comparison. However, Saudi Arabia is a, is actually a, like the people in Saudi Arabia are, are like from what I've seen, football crazy, right? Uh-huh. You, like, you know, the equivalent of like South America, but they just haven't had the infrastructure they haven't really built on like anything so the fact that they got to the world cup i think has sort of kicked it all into overdrive yeah, yeah. i mean and so they're doing like a they're Chris... doing like a top down thing uh, they're doing a top down approach on a bottom up so they're getting all the the best players that they can find for ridiculous money put them on massive wages put them in yeah. the league and while they're trying to build talent from their youth academies or um, whatever over I mean... time for the next world cups Chris said about followers into miami had 970,000 followers before messi announcement and then on instagram just over 24 hours later they had 4.7 million so it, it works it works uh I, I will call this early though i i don't see this league last in the sense of this influx of money lasting very long i mean ollie's touched on it already the russian league with angie Machkala, uh the turkish league the qatari league and you know there's so many have all demonstrated this in the past i mean it's like that two year or so window where we saw the chinese super league they were paying ridiculous wages to any big names and one interesting point i want to make on this is just take a look at who the saudi arabian league are bringing in you know for for now it's more like they're sort of building a museum of nearly retired but very decorated players 
None of them are in the prime. China, they kind of were. If anything, the true threat could have been during them two to three years in China because players in their prime were being signed. Yeah. That's I think that, that, that would be the time to really take Saudi yeah. Arabia seriously if yeah. they came in for you know, a player who's 26, 27 mm. and one of the world's best. And he well, I don't know there. if that's really like their remit though. It, like, it, if, it's hard to if, say. You know If what? they get the the big players to get the eyes on the league and then they let their own talent build up because I, I, I feel like they're, they're pushing for like World Cup success oh, yeah, more than like Alita, Alita had winning like the, the Club World yeah. Cup or whatever. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll offer up uh, my second biscuit bet of the show if anyone wants to take me up on it. Within two years, this will go the same way that Chinese Super League Project did. I will take uh, you up on that, actually. So we won't it's see a it long. for two years. It's a long, but I will take you up on that because I think it will be more successful. And I, if I remember rightly, it, the Chinese Super League thing, it stopped very abruptly. I can't remember like, because what Because their government decided that money should... They, they, listeners, it was look, so, it like, I look it up because I can't government... remember. <laughs> The Chinese government effectively made some decisions Offense, to stop it. A set, a, 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 but effectively, I don't, yeah. I don't see Saudi's government doing that. Right. On the theme of midfielders, because we've gone from Kante, we had this question sent in by Rob underscore Ollie 12. And he was, what would you think about Zhao Palinha coming in over possibly Rice or Caicedo? I actually really, 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 really like Zhao Palinha. I'm really glad a, you said that because I do as well. I think he's absolutely fantastic. I think he, you could argue he's been Fulham's best player this season. I think he's exactly what we need. Is he a bit rash at times? But the amount of times he breaks a play, and if you're looking at a, a literal deep defensive midfielder, that one player that is disciplined in that role and will only stay there, there is there is not many better players in that role in the Prem than him this season. There is mm. not many. Declan Rice is more of a, he can get box to box Declan Rice. He, he's sensational, don't get wrong, and I would love to buy him. But same as Kaiseido again, box to box, incredible player. But if you're looking at that, mm. one sole defensive mid, who is very disciplined in that role, who is a lot cheaper than the other two, Yao Paulinia is an exceptional buy. I would love to buy Yao Paulinia. Oh. I'm I'm glad you're positive on him because for me, he has always been on my radar when it comes to midfielder reinforcements this summer. I mean, I'm kind of closing on this dude because I just, I like what I see with my eyes. You know, he was the captain of the sporting CP title winning squad. So he has that crucial leadership trait that we kind of need for this roster. That's just incredibly young. I mean, he adapted to the Premier League effortlessly. He stands at six foot two, 180 pounds. So he's got that strong physical presence in the midfield. His vision is like a seagull when they spot someone with some fries or chips. You know, he swoops in, takes the ball away. You won't even know he's done it. I've I've been I've been impressed by how he can also pinpoint a player on the other flank and hit a ball with pinpoint accuracy because that was his his party trick this year. I mean, he could he could probably find oil in cauliflowers. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's he's just so good at that. I mean, for me, he is that perfect midfield partner for Enzo. You know, their yeah. strengths and, yeah. and weaknesses sort of complement one another. And Palinia would be a good fit for our midfield, which has obviously been lacking in that physicality and the defensive solidity in recent seasons. I mean, I'm all aboard Diao Polinia train. Who's boarding? Who's boarding? Leave it would me depend on It would depend <laughs> on the price for me. Probably a lot when it's us. No one's going to give us cheapness. And the fact that Fulham only signed him last summer. They did. So he's going to be on a relatively long-term contract, I would imagine. 
he's, what a signing like, when you think about it from a champ a, a, a title winning team in Portugal to yeah, Fulham who've just what, been promoted what would concern me and I, I agree with everything you've just said I think he had a really good season but if he was available why didn't a big club go for him last summer why did he end up at Fulham it, there must have been a reason this is why. where I'm at and then my only the only thing that I'd like to pick up on what something Berth just said about a holding player he is right there about Caicedo and Declan Rice they are classed as holding players but if you watch them play they do get forward quite a lot for what you would say is a holding player I, I think that when you say that like that, it's like they can sit but they don't always yeah I think I, I think that's something else that's sort of dying out now the sitting player I, I, I don't think it's I don't think you have a Makaleli anymore who literally just sits in front of the back four gets the ball, wins it back and passes it to someone else. Like even, I'd say the closest in the league now is probably Rodri at Man City. But even he's always on the edge of the box having shots. You know, Makaleli was never in those positions. He was he was ready for counter-attacks. Uh, uh, Casemiro at Man United, again, popping up goals. the goals, get, goals, getting in the box. I don't think there is traditional holding players anymore. And I think this is what's tripping people up when they think that we're going to go and sign Makalele, a Makaleli player. Like we, I don't think you get, I don't think you're going to get that anymore. So really, yeah, I don't think player, that, that profile is actually quite limited now. Yeah. Like, I think you know, you're going to get players who can play in double pivots now. So can get forward, but can defend sort of can do a little bit of everything. Like, I think those are the sort of players that you're looking for. Paulinho is one of them. I, I just have concerns about why a big club didn't go for him in the first place and how much he'd cost. So th- the thing that I think about Paulinho is, there's for me that there's questions about the fact that we were in for Manuel Ugarte, who actually more or less caused uh, Palinha to be you know kicked out of the starting eleven in in Sporting that caused his move to Fulham in the first place. So if you're going to go for one of the two, go for Ugarte. You know, it feels like someone like Palinha is a slightly more one-dimensional sort of bottom half Premier League midfielder. So still a really good player, but. It feels like if we're getting him, it's because we've missed out on other targets, and I don't think that's what we should be going for. That's fair. That's fair. So uh, this time last year, we started our annual keep, sell, or loan series discussing which of our roster from the class of the previous season we should be looking to keep, sell, or loan. Um, Last year, we asked, is it time to give Dujon Sterling and Eford Ampadu a chance next season? The answers to both of those we found out were no and no. So (laughs) I'll, I'll throw out each player in turn and then... And the team can discuss it. So they can debate, they can argue their case to whether they should be kept, sold or loaned out onto one of our newly acquired feeder clubs. So we we kick off with the goalkeepers and defenders from the class of 22-23. Feels like the goalkeepers topic will actually be quite a healthy debate this time around since we've struggled to find actual true number one since Courtois snaked off to Madrid. First up, everyone's favourite lion, Marcus Bettinelli. He made his Chelsea debut in January 2022. In the 5-1 FA Cup victory over Chesterfield. That's a long time ago. He signed a I new was team. there for that game. Oh, I nice. I was at the bridge for that game. Oh, incredible. I didn't know that. Uh, do, you know what, do you know what about that game? Ross Barkley was playing with non-league players and was the, still the worst player on the pitch. Oh, no. He's a free agent now, so we could bring him into our midfield engine room. Oh, bring him back. Bring <laughs> he him si- back. He signed a new deal that will run to the summer of 2026. Our third choice is clearly locked up for the next three seasons. Not much else to say, really, is there? 
Let's let's be no. honest. No, right. he's just he's just there to fill the homegrown quota, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, I'll throw in a wild card entry before we fully get started. Gabriel Sladina signed for 12 million from Chicago Fire. He had a great under 20 World Cup, finishing with four clean sheets. That's the joint most with Uruguay. Conceded only twice, which was against current finalist Uruguay, knocking him out in the quarterfinals. USA were knocked out in. Um, they now look those four games. What were US? They were dominant in those four games, but he kept clean sheets. He had a few highlights. The diving save against Slovakia is a top tier one. I'd say alone is probably best, maybe to a top tier league. I, I, I would say that. alone personally, I, yeah. unless we're going to sell both Kepa and Mendy and have him like deputize under someone else, which I don't, I don't think is going to happen. Huge I, pressure. I, as well, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. He's he's still a young kid, only been playing in the MLS until recently. I think he needs like another step up again, you know, mm. before he like you know I don't know championship or League One or some. When I say League One, I mean Liga. Um, ju- you know, just for him to get like a little bit more experience under his belt, because I feel like whoever we bring in as as a keeper this summer is probably going to take that number one spot and hold on to it for a while. You'd hope so if so. we get someone who's a bit on the older side, it actually doesn't matter. You can have that natural progression come through. Like we had when um, Czech went and became Courtois as the number one. Yeah. You know, ideally, if you do it like that, it works really well, but I don't think he's ready yet. For me, what, it'd be alone. What do you think, Chris? I'd keep, but I've got a completely different angle on our goalkeepers anyway. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't think we should sign one. And I'll tell you why. Because I think we're not trying this season coming to win the league. I think to win the league and to win Champions Leagues, you need a top-class goalkeeper. To get in the top four, you don't. Because Tottenham have proved that with Hugo Lloris. Man United proved it this year with David De Gea. Uh, Get the most clean sheets. I'd even say Newcastle with Nick Pope. Nick Pope isn't an elite level goalkeeper. He's not the, going to. The difference is Nick Pope has kept them as high as they've gone. De Gea yeah. had the most clean sheets but, in the league. Yeah, but I mean, come on. David De Gea had an absolute. Even Man yeah, United. He, fans, let, he, he weren't great. Right. Right. He had 6 3 and 7 0. So. Yeah. And still, but, and and the, still won the gold. So <laughs> I think. I don't think we're going to be in this position again where. Going into a season, the only aim is get back into Europe. And I think if you keep Kepa as number one, if his form drops, then Slanina can come in and you can just trial him and see. And he might turn out to be ready and mm-hmm. it might save us some money long term. The ish, because if you look at the keepers we're linked with, Onana, David Raya, they're quite young. Mm-hmm. If you bring one of them in, you're basically saying to Slanina, you're never going to play here because the those goalkeepers them, could like, be in goal for 10 years. Especially David Rea is like a lateral move on Kepa. It's not an upgrade. I mean, yeah. I, I potentially... Even, even Onana, I don't think is a massive upgrade. People have it's got a little one. bit carried away with Onana. He was he was decent at Ajax, but he went to Inter Milan and he has only played half a season. He wasn't their starting goalkeeper till after Christmas. I mean, I, I look. I'd potentially look at a move to La Liga because you've got clubs like Villarreal who do need a new number one. But here's an interesting scenario: How about we send him to Valencia on a two-year loan as part of a deal to bring in their goalkeeper, Georgi Mamadashvili? He's one of the most emerging talents on the European stage, and he has been linked with Chelsea. He's got such a high ceiling. 
He could take command of the bridge. That's just a little little theory. I, I, I would second that as an idea. My my idea, because I think everyone's got a little bit of a different idea on how they would want this to go. Of Ideally, course. I'd get someone like um, Neuer in. Uh, you know, someone who's an, an elite keeper, elite, best of the best keeper, mm. but at the t- very tail end of his prime, you know, because then you can have someone like Slanina deputize underneath him yeah. and then and then you have that natural progression like I was mentioning earlier, but because I don't think that's going to happen, I'm going to say loan him. Yeah, okay. That's fair. That's fair. So, third of our quad here is Edouard Mendy. He's had a bit of a miserable season. He's the he was voted the Champions League keeper of the season a year ago, and he had an amazing run, including obviously winning the Champions League, Super Cup, well, Club World Cup, and the African Cup of Nations. Uh, we broke down the rise and fall of his time at Chelsea a few weeks ago. Keep sell or loan? Sell. I, th- I think I, I think you've got to sell him because I think he's, his confidence is absolutely shot to pieces. I think for him, it'll be best to move away. I don't think he was a keeper that he was when we first bought him and I just think I just think it's now perfect time for him to move on I think I'd be happy with Kepa as number two because um, I do think Kepa is still the better keeper um, obviously you've got Solina and Bettinelli I think Mendy cashing on him and I think we yeah. can get a decent price for him and I think he'd be better off for himself personally as well away from, from Chelsea but I do appreciate what he's done and you know that, that first season at us it, it was superb so I can't knock him but I think it's time to sell yeah I would sell as well I don't I don't think he was ever the goalkeeper we thought I think I agree he, I agree there's a Purple there's patch. a reason yeah there's a reason why none of us had heard of him before we signed him and there's a reason why he plays like he does now. I don't think he was ever that good. I think he was just in a ride in the quest of a wave, and would you it was call one him, of them. Would you call him a one-season wonder? Yeah. 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 It, it was yeah. exactly the same as bringing in a striker who scores 20 goals and then the season after can't score. It's it's exactly the same. Yeah, we usually skip that first step. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we go straight to the second season. But, but oh, that's you, great. Even... Even when even when he was really good and like Berth said, he in that first season he was he was incredible. Mm. He still yeah. did some things then that you thought, oh, that's not yeah, great. He, he did moments, he did have a he? Yeah, yeah, and he had a habit, didn't he, of pushing the ball out into the six yard box. But everyone but it kept getting cleared away, so no one said anything. Once they start going in, people start talking. And I think he, that's what happened. He, he it's a shame, never... but it's you, you know what, he was never good with his feet either. Like you, you look no, at No, he wasn't. He's got Pochettino's teams, and he always wants a keeper that's good with his feet. Um, Lloris, yeah. for all of his faults, is actually relatively okay with his feet. Mendy, yeah. never been great. His one major contribution to us was his shot stop in that game against Brentford. Incredible, one of yeah. the best games I've seen from mm-hmm. a keeper. But now that that that's gone, now you'd have to say he isn't as good as he was when he first joined. No. So. I don't think either of our keepers are very good at shot stopping. Oh, sorry, uh, either of our keepers are actually very good with their feet. I know people talk about Kepa being good with his feet, but I don't think he's quite as good as people think. He's better than you Mendy. Me- Mendy yeah, is awful but that's not with hard. his feet. Mendy's awful with his feet. So, as discussed in detail on that Rise and Fall episode, Mendy's inability to sort of focus when subjected to any form of press from the opposition has become that huge concern. It, it can't be disregarded. I mean, there was an eight-month period where he made Kieras against Benzema, Jared Bowen and Rodrigo that were like academy level. And you expect... Less the one ex- against Leeds was the one for me that exactly. really me off. 
I mean, you expect- let, um, what was it? Was it Aronson score? Oh yeah, I mean, at the start of this yeah. season. Totally. You expect yeah. you expect less experienced keepers to make, you know, as they start their careers, but not a veteran with numerous trophies. I mean, his confidence right now is is like a wet paper towel in a tornado. It's it's just time to sell and maybe include him in a deal for another keeper. Rumors, obviously, we mentioned earlier about uh, a move for Anana. I mean, who knows? I mean, moving to Kepa, he's just picked up the Premier League Save of the Season award. Nice one for his October stop against Villa. Uh, he posted the second best score for goals prevented metric, ranking third in goals prevented rate, and is first when it comes to the shots per goal counting. So, where do you sit on this Kepper train? I'd keep him. He's oh, not I'd... the answer, but he's not the problem. Would he be I your personally... number one? No. no, no, no. That means you've got a backup keeper on 150k. That's the problem, yeah, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> It's hard. Has, it's, no, yeah, it's but he has been he has for a... most of his career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, for I, me, I, think... I, I would sell Kepper because I think he's on he's on too much money and he's he's probably not really the he he's not he I just don't think he's good enough to start for us really. But you know, I acknowledge he's had a good season this season. But do you know do you know what Kepper would? Well, I, I would say he's had a good season potentially, but he's had a good season for him. But, um, I mean, tremendously strong season statistically. Yeah, exactly. But do you know what Kepper would be really good at? And maybe this is what he would be like better off doing. Is you know like um like little like six aside football where like you're not allowed to shoot from outside the box, <laughs> and there's lots of and oh, balls dear. not allowed to go up very high. You know, you pass it around because <laughs> that's Kepper, isn't it? He's good with his feet, I like mean... or like reasonably good with his feet, and then. You know, any time a shot goes in from like more than like fifteen yards, he just like has a stroke of some kind and it just goes in. So it will, for me, it will... uh, for me, it's just any keeper with a glaring flaw like that, you just can't have yeah. a number. I mean, he was good against Villa on the road, Palace at home. I mean, the my problem is that teams frequently take advantage of his sort of continual flapping when a cross goes in and his inability to control his own box. I mean, the running joke of the season was that he always conceded Galazzo's because players knew shoot from distance has a high chance of going in. And here's a stat, though. In terms of expected goals against, Chelsea and Crystal Palace are equal for the most set-piece XG conceded in the Premier League. Oh, that's not good. That's not good. I mean, A lot of people were really upset when Anthony Barry went to Bayern, but I think we shouldn't be. No, I can see the argument there. I mean, it's, it's going to be one of him or Mendy will go. I mean, as like I said earlier, I mean the argument of Kepa being a better ball playing goalkeeper than Mendy, that's a weak argument. And it this keep or sell decision comes down to choosing which of him or Mendy you would want as a backup. And as I said, one is currently on fifty five K, the other is hundred and fifty K. Which I mean, is ideally you would want Mendy as the backup then, but it's I, just too hard to it's just too hard to like to sell Kepper at um, this current time look, because I'd, his contract is so long as well. I know. I'd ironically, I'd choose Kepper over Mendy 100% as a backup because he can challenge for that jersey and do well behind the defence. I mean, the problem is the wage and a backup keeper on 150k, money aside, I'd choose Kepper. But well, what do you think, Chris, before we move to defenders? Like I said, I'd keep. I'd still have him as number one. I, I don't think it's a massive issue. I think up until the last couple of games of the season, we had like the second best defensive record in the league. Mm. We're, we're, it, it's on a in a summer transfer window where we would assume that we're going to have limited funds. 
we're addressing a problem that isn't there. It's it like I said, it's a problem if you want to win the league, but we're miles away from that anyway. Like it's the complete other end of the pitch where we need to spend money. And I just don't think you should waste money on a goalkeeper when we could quite easily get into the top four with Kepper in goal. Mm, that's fair. Uh, so that was the starter. And with the size of our squad to go from goalkeepers, uh, who whom <laughs> we have, we have, we have four major goalkeepers on the roster compared to our defenders. I mean, on that, we have like 18. So that's like, sort of like finishing off loading the dishwasher and to realise you, you haven't washed the car, you haven't fed the dog, you haven't vacuumed the house, had a shower, or even built the entire city of Rome. So I've condensed this down to the big names and the players on the edge of the first team. So I'll fire off these names that are on the edge of the first team and you can all just sort of say keeps it alone before we move on to the, the bigger names. Baba Rahman. So... so. So, fun fact: we signed him in 2015. Seven, seven loans since. He's got one year left on his deal, and he has been. He's wait. He's been at Chelsea longer than Matic was, Hazard, Willian, Pedro, Gary Cahill, or Ricardo Cavalli. Legend of the game knows the club. (laughs) He'll be here when we're like all replaced by androids and managed by ChatGPT. He'll still be there. It's in the (laughs) a thousand years in the future when humanity has wiped itself off of the face of the earth and only still playing for Chelsea. Yeah. Barbarama will be on his like 50th loan to, <laughs> to Vitesse or whatever. Right. Okay. We've got Bashir Humphreys. He needs loan. 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 Yeah. 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 I thought when, when we Same. saw him play, I thought he was a little raw. Agreed. Little uh, Malong yeah. Sar. Sell. Yeah. Sell. Yeah. Yeah. I would sell him. I, I bet we could get some decent money for him, actually. We Because we got him for free. Mm. Alfie Gilchrist. Mm. Loan. Yeah. Same. Sam McKelland, who I didn't even know of. Sorry. No, don't even know who that is. No. Stay in the under 21. Sort of. Is that probably? <laughs> yeah. Keep. Keep uh, for the youth. We're, get, we're getting there. There's not many few. Now we've got Malo Gusto. Keep. Yeah. I mean, considering that, how. That'd be daft, wouldn't it? Considering how reached James' availability last season, it was like, it was probably as reliable as our British railway service. Well, we, we did only sign him six months ago as well. True, true. Uh, Ethan Ampadu I want sell. to give him to I, I'm going to say sell. keep I want to give it Ethan Ampadu a sell. chance because I think he's, he's a versatile player I think he's, I mean, he I think I know, he can earn a place in the squad he was good he was good at Spezia but that was his fourth loan and he's 23 he needs a permanent club it's only fair on him maybe yeah, but at the same say. time Pop Potts likes to play that weird sort of like centre-back CDM kind mm, of player yeah. and Ampadu is that to thinking, a like maybe maybe Potts will like him and this, uh, this sounds like a dig at him, but like, I don't mean it in that way. But maybe Poch will see him as like our Eric Dyer. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. It's like we could probably yeah. use him for that. Mm. And do you know what? I know he's not, he's, he only plays for like Spezia and Venezia and things like that. But do you know what? Whenever he plays for Wales, he's pretty good. Yeah, fair. Uh, and finally, mm. Henry Lawrence, loan. He needs a loan. Right. <laughs> I know we're all agreeing on that. Uh, time for the big guns. I'll go through these obvious three. Because we're all going to agree, Reese James, Ben Chilwell, Benoit Badiashile, and Wesley Fofana. I said Sell three, and there's four. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's keep, that keeps across the board for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah keep. Um, Thiago Silva, keep. Yeah, keep. I, I mean, keep. there was rumor yeah, he might head back to Brazil, but I mean, he's 38. Player there's of the no season. Point, there's no point not having him. No, you know what I mean, like not, even like. Yeah. If he was going to fill in, or if he did want to, like you know, if we've got the likes of Cole, we've got our young centre backs. They need someone to learn from. As Pelaqueta, 
So, so it's it's so, time, though. Yeah. I mean, so. last season was very similar to how Ivanovic declined. He's a Chelsea yeah. legend who stayed one season too many. I'd I, like. Do you know with... what? I think it was worse than than Ivanovic. Like clearly with Ivanovic, like you did you tell watch us... an Ivanovic final no, no, season I, game I for us? <laughs> Hear me out. I, you know, Ivanovic clearly it was like he just like his physicality just left him and his legs had gone. Like as he still has some legs, he's just like it's just not enough to be able to keep going and and his technical ability, especially when he's playing at like right back and the games moved on, moved past him a little bit at this point. And it, it just kind of culminated in him, in him being really poor. And everything. I'd like, uh, I'd like with Azpilicueta to, to sell him and everyone just pretend that the season before was his last season. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. You know what? I'd, I'd actually like for him to have a coaching role at the club. I could see that. He should have gone Barca. He should have, but hey, I mean, this is going to be an interesting one because this is going to this literally will kick off on Twitter if you say so. Levi Colwell, keep. Yeah, same, same. You got it. Loan? No, I'm joking. Keep him. Oh, Chris, (laughs) Chris. Um. (laughs) Oh no, no. I definitely wouldn't sell him, but. Pitchforks are being put down. I would only keep him and not loan him out if he's gonna play. And that's yeah, I, I if that's, if Potachino pa- plays a back four, I just don't see how he plays. I mean, I, I could yeah. see, I definitely could see him playing because he's like that left centre back. At least at the start of the season, mm. Baddy Shields out for months. Yeah, I mean, Poch must provide him opportunities. You know, we're told this he's he's a big part of our future, but you know, we're Chelsea. We've been here before. I see better than I hear. Until I see him get those first two minutes, I wouldn't be shocked if he's used as part of the deal to what bring I would, in Caicedo. Yeah, what I would be concerned with with Colwell as well, though, is he probably won't be playing next to Thiago Silva. He'll be playing next to Wesley Fofana. I don't know who's mm. leading that. Like, that would be my mm. issue because I even at Brighton... DM we buy, but you never know. Yeah, but even at Brighton, he's been playing next to Lewis Dunk, who's very experienced. Yeah, yeah good point. True. Good shout. I mean... Not not someone young. We stood firm with the Ugarte deal. Um, we stood firm on Kante. And that's twice this summer we've said a thing, stuck by the thing. And I've been pulling the... Yeah, yeah, I guess we've guess we've changed. So hopefully we stand by it, and he is a big part of our squad going forward. I think it, we all can. It will be slightly contingent on him signing a new contract in the summer as well. I, I think, think uh, yeah, when, there's, like, there's when, an like, extra option back, for a year and all that. Yeah, yeah, like he's got an extra option for a year, but I think that the owners will probably want to tie him down to a, like a new a new deal, maybe twenty you know, six more, years. Yeah, like long long contract with like a bit more money. Uh, yeah. yeah, Trevor Chalaba. Sell. I'm going to say sell on the basis that Colwell does come in and play. I actually have sell because, I mean, he's versatile and he's committed, but he's yet to establish himself as a regular. And if we got an offer of, I don't know, 30 million or more, sell. Yeah. There was um Leicester were talking about it, weren't they? That point. makes sense. Oh, the champ would he, what, no one no championship club's gonna pay us 30 million, are they? No, nah, he won't he won't go to the championship now. But like it, I don't know. He he could easily do well somewhere like an Aston Villa, for sure. What do you you think, know, he'd actually be very good at Brighton. Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! He we would, can't. He would can't. be very good. Oh, just, we yeah. need to just see it, them. can't you? Chalaba goes to Brighton on a, on a permanent. Colwell stays at Chelsea, doesn't play. Then Chalaba looks amazing at Brighton because 
Brighton's marketing's <laughs> really good. And then everyone yeah. goes, Oh, you kept the wrong centre back. Like, we will offer you fifty million pounds for him back. I mean, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, I'd sell as well. I don't think I like I, I, I like I, him as I, a person. Just yeah, I do. Like... Do you know what? I, I actually think he, every time he played, he's he's done well. But I just think for him, it just feels like a natural time to depart, like mm. to part ways. I just think he could he's more than good enough to go and play somewhere in the Premier League that's not in I, the in the top. The problem six. is, I think it's it's a really rare problem for Chelsea to have because we've got three centre backs who are all quite young and very very good in Colwell, Badiashile, and Fofana. There's just no space for another one. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so we've got three names left. And these two I'm going to bundle together because one impacts the other. And that's Mark Kukurea and Ian Matson. So will Chelsea want Kukurea to block Ian Matson's pathway? I mean, Kukurea was the player that I hit out the park in my signing of the season for Brighton a few years ago. But if it is a decision between Kukurea and Matson, I'm going to take the chance on Matson. I know that's such a risk because championship is not the Premier League. But then I remember how Rhys James took that step up from, you know, being one of the key players in Wigan. But also Burnley last season were playing like a Premier League team. Exactly. I mean, they were too good for that league. They were so good. They were a shark in a fish tank. They were incredible. The the problem is that we're not going to sell Cucurella after spending 60 I don't think we will be able to. No, that, that's the thing. I, so, I, it'll be that's the thing. It'll be a real struggle to actually get him to go. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone, like everyone would like it. If, but I think the dream scenario for a lot of fans is if Cucurella was sold and Matson comes in to deputise under Chilwell. Yeah, but yeah, I just can't see it happening. So on that basis, maybe I'd loan him back to Burnley again. He said he's open to it, which is always a positive. You know, because you don't want your best player. And then if obviously you could argue if Cucurella does not do well in his second season. If you can't can't take a risk on a third. Right, what do you think, Chris? I'd sell Kukurea. Uh Although, I do think Potocino does have a habit of improving fullbacks, so maybe we would mm. see better from oh, him. Oh, God, we're going to have 10 years of Kukurella, aren't we? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'd loan Matson back to Burnley. Mm. I don't. I think we've got to be very careful of thinking everyone who goes to the championship yeah, and does well is going to be Reece James. Um, yeah. I don't think they're all going to be. And but, but that, that I, analysis I, that is lazy analysis, but not for Matson. I think like it's it, it. Sometimes you get a unicorn player who can adapt from the championship to the Premier League, but sometimes yeah. you don't. Yeah. Oh, because I'd keep Lewis Hall as backup. I think he's proved to oh, be yeah. incredible. Yeah. I mean, where do you think on? I haven't got Lewis all on the list because he's sort of plays. He's, he's everywhere. kind of technically a midfielder, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he plays. I would actually like everywhere. to see him play in midfield. And I've said this before that I think you know if Mount leaves, I think he should take Mount's role in the squad. Hmm. Okay. I mean, finally, we've got Kaladu Kulabali. He's a seasoned veteran, but <laughs> his transfer from Napoli has kind of aged like a carton of milk you leave out on a hot summer's day in the desert. He's, I mean, he's oh man, he's he's on an eye-watering salary. A move back to Italy would make sense, but I don't know. There's no way an Italian club can match that salary. That's not. I actually don't think Kudabali's been as bad as being as he's been made out to be. Oh, thank you. He's. (laughs) I didn't say sell. He's not been amazing. He's not been like Virgil Van Dijk or Thiago Silva. He's been for being a veteran Serie A centre back. For and on 300k a week, we all expected more. 
Yeah, he has to be at that level. Yeah, but I I think that's where he suffered. I think that's where he suffered. Our expectation, he hasn't matched our expectation, which in the might have been a little bit too high to start with. Um, He's not worth 300k a week, but most players aren't worth what they're on. Let's be honest. Actually, I would argue no Chelsea player in the squad at the moment is worth what they're on. Because they're all have absolute, it, absolute dog shit. <laughs> um, if you're going to start a fist fight, Berth, don't. And I think Koulibaly, I, I'm, I'm thinking more about Pochettino. He succeeded at Tottenham, well, you know, in, in relatively, was, was most <laughs> successful at Tottenham when he had two experienced centre-backs in Vertonghen and Alderweireld. I think he, I don't think he's going to want for Farnham and Colwell starting as his centre backs, I think he'd rather have Silver and Koulibaly. Okay, I wouldn't okay. mind keeping Koulibaly if we continue to play three next season because I think mm. he works quite well in that central central centre back position. And I, I think don't he, think he'll he can, play three. No, I don't think That's so either. Problem. But I, I think he can marshal the back line very well, and his leadership skills are important. I think, I think you need I, more than that. Really, I don't think it helped him that for the large part of the season. He's had to play next to Cucurella, who is always, always, yeah. always out of position. Therefore, Kudabali has to step in somewhere, which makes him look like he's been out of position. Now, Kudabali is very rash at times, and he is very frustrating to watch. But actually, he's a very good defender, has had some really good games for us. Um, it's just for a large part, he's had to do two jobs in covering Cucurella and about himself. Cucurella. You know, he's a good defender, and he's had some good games for us. I, I think he? if... Has he? <laughs> well, wasn't he really good against Dortmund? Okay, yeah, name another game. Name another game. That's, that's it. Go on, then. I'm, I'm not going to name another game. So. Uh, then there you um, go. <laughs> I actually think with Koulibaly, though, I actually think he suffered by playing in the back three. He's come to a new league where he's adapting and to a new system. He'd never played in a back three before. At Napoli, they played a four. But he always got more assured at, at a three. At Senegal, he plays in a four. I, I think he's better in a four. I just think, obviously, it's easier to look better in a three because there's less space around you uh, and you normally have more people on the cover. I just think, I I don't think we've seen the best of Koulibaly. And I just, I think he's one of them players where I don't think he's been that bad that you could automatically write him off after one season. I I think if we sold him, I wouldn't be upset. I I don't think anyone would be that fussed. Pochettino. I would have been asked if we sold anyone, Ollie. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, Pochettino plays 4-2-3-1 or the um, 3-4-2-1 formation. I'm hoping we go with the back four, but yeah, um, we'll see. We will see on that. So that was defenders and goalkeepers. Let us know what you think, listeners. Um, but hey, it's Friday, so we're going to move to the Lone Army Carousel. Uh, game of categories, the rules are I ask a question, it's got multiple answers guys give me an answer in turn, the winner is the last man standing, if you repeat an answer you know, they're out, if you get one wrong you're out, but we all want to know what happens if you take too long to answer Has anyone seen Spurs? Oh yes So, so, so guys the question is today since changing name from the European Cup to the Champions League, so it's a Champions League final theme for the 92-93 season, 25 managers have lifted the Champions League title. Who are they? And I'm going to go straight to birth. 
Oh, since when, sorry? Since when? Since 92-93 season. That's when it became okay. the Champions League. Okay, I'm going to go straight off the bat. Thomas Tuchel. Uh, Oli. Jose Mourinho. Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, Fabio Capello. Good shout. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. Roberto Di Matteo. <laughs> uh, Pep Guardiola. Julian Nogglesman? <laughs> ah, Chris. I was just trying to go with the Bayern coaches. Uh, Jurgen Klopp. It's just birth um, from Chris now. I'm, I'm going to butcher his name. Is, uh, is it like, oh, yeah. Heinkes won it in 2013. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, allow it. I'll allow it. Thank you. That was that was my one. Um, where are we going back to now? Let's have a think. Uh, Frank Wright, God. Oh, that's beautiful. That. Um, Enrique Luis Enrique. This is really a battle of the giants. Oh, this. That's a good one. Uh. Eight left. Eight left. Jesus. No, nah, I think I'm I, out. I think um, the, the early 2000 ones are the toughest. Oh, there, there is such an obvious one. I know. I'm really so shocked. Um, <laughs> um... No, I've gone. <laughs> oh, can, I, can, I, can I just say the really obvious one that I've just thought of? Go on. Zidane. Oh, yeah, of course. course. Three times in a row. <laughs> you, you, hey, Berth's won. Berth has won this. Woo-hoo, well done, Berth. Yeah! Hey, and he's keeping off his streak already. He, he said is. he wasn't going to lose a carousel but this ca- year right. or whatever. Like, for I, the I, I, am, I am like, this is my time. I am like, oh. I'm inevitable. I'm Thanos when it comes to this. I'm Thanos. I'm, I'm the man. I'm the right, guy. Chris, Chris, we, 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 we team up from next week. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Better look next time, uh, lads, anyway. Better look next you got time. any more, Berth? Come on. Um, Right. No, no, I don't think I have. So, who's manager of, like, Milan? Oh, I've got one. Oh, that's annoying. Oh, oh well, who is it? Rafa Benitez. He did Rafa indeed. Benitez, yeah. So yeah, you could have had Hansi Flick. Yeah. That's who I was yeah. thinking of when I said Nagelsmann. Yeah. Louis van Gaal. <laughs> I did well. Louis van Gaal. I believe... Who with? Um, I'm going to Ajax. go off the top of my head. No, I think it was Barcelona. Yeah. Oh, or was it? Was United, it? Was it? Hang on, hang on a minute. Let me just quickly look it up. Louis Van Gaal, because I think I want to say PSV, but I don't want to say that. It was with Queens Park Raisins. <laughs> he won the Champions League with. Oh, it was. It was um, Ajax. Fair play. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know. uh, Dortmund Marcia- won it as well. In '97, yes. he, 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 he was that manager. Um, I don't know. It might be yeah. Mark Hitzfeld. Might have been him. He's on the list for the record. It's not. It's not just randomly pulled that out of the hat. Uh, Marcello Lippi. Yes. Vincent Del Bosque. Yeah. Yeah. And the one that um, was during Marseille was Raymond Gothels. I I definitely wouldn't have got them. <laughs> Slightly before oh, my well, time, I think. Look at... 
<laughs> right. Well, we're, with that, listeners, we're at the end of another episode. So thank you, as always, for listening to this episode. Treat yourself well. We're back on Monday to discuss the news from the weekend. And uh, if we learned anything from last last weekend, it can go from signing a player to buying a club to crying into our new home jerseys because uh, none of that happened. So till next time, that will be us signing off. You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.